Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash from the king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts unleashed presented by bet mgm here's your hosts Giannis papas and olivia harlan decker to Unleashed from BetMGM, the king of sports books. It's Halloween week. It is my favorite week of the year. I'm not kidding. This is my favorite holiday. Spooky season is officially here. I love the scary movies. I love the colder weather. I love Halloween candy. This is just too good. But things are getting spooky kind of across the NFL. I'm not just talking about Sam Darnold back at MetLife seeing ghosts. I'm also talking about my Kansas City Chiefs. Yikes. I don't even care what shenanigans the Mahomes family pulled this week. I just can't get over how bad they were in Smashville. So the Super Bowl losing team is nursing a hangover. It, I'm sure they're not alone in Nashville nursing a hangover. Lord knows we've all been there. But another big shapeshifter in the AFC, the Cincinnati Bengals upsetting the Baltimore Ravens for first place in the AFC North. Who thought after week seven we would be saying that? That's crazy. Their fans used to wear brown bags over their heads for costumes, but talk about a trick or treat. Joe Burrow and the Bengals are legit. Jamar Chase is a favorite to win rookie of the year. It's just too good. And Tom Brady set a new touchdown record with number 600 on Sunday versus the Bears. Little redemption game too for the Bucks where they lost last year and Tom Brady famously lost count on downs. Yikes, that's spooky too. But another snafu happened with this magical, historic NFL moment. The 600th touchdown pass football went missing. Giannis, did you see this? I did not see it because the football's missing. So (laughs) I don't know who. Yeah. Where is it? Who has it? Oh, let me tell you this. It's wild. So Mike Evans was the receiver who caught the 600th touchdown pass. Well, he didn't know that it was this really important, valuable football. And he gave the ball away to a fan in the end zone, which is, you know, something we see a lot. So he gets back to the sideline and they're like, all right, where's the ball? And he could not believe it. He was so embarrassed. He tweeted about it, all this stuff. So the team equipment manager had to go back to the fan and ask for the football back. But look, of course, at that point, it came with a price. Some are saying that that ball could have been sold for half a million dollars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At that point, you go, you want this football back? Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk to my lawyer and let's strike a deal, baby. So I, I hope that fan got some money. He's in Tampa Bay. He needs it. Uh, yeah, he did. Guess what the team gave him? Uh, I'm hoping some uh, cold hard cash and not Bitcoin. Nope. $1,000 of gift store credit. <laughs> oh, God. And he and he said yes to that? Yeah. And they also gave him another football. So like not the magic 600 touchdown football but yeah a thousand bucks to the gift shop my man go get yourself a cheap shirt yeah that's horrible and you know a thousand bucks at a gift shop doesn't even go that far things are crazy expensive in there yeah i just want to say uh you're stupid whoever you are mr fan i feel bad for him yeah you should have got a lot more money for that 
And it's kind of one of those things. What would you do? Because obviously the right thing is to give it back because it'll go to Tom Brady. And Brady even said, I don't keep a lot of mementos, but I really wanted that football. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you're a big Brady fan. You're a big Buck fan. You give it back. Right. But at the same time, you got half a mil sitting in the palm of your hands while you're just at a game. I don't yeah. know. That's yeah. A tough I mean, one. <laughs> that guy's actually, he's probably never negotiated in his life. Okay. Maybe right. he wants to give it back. He wants to be a good guy. At least negotiate for something good, like maybe spend a day with the Brady family. Oh, that'd be sit cool. around with him and Giselle. You know, you get hang to take out. Giselle on a date. <laughs> yeah, you don't just like have that football and give it back. That that uh-huh. was the most power that guy's gonna have in his entire life, and he gave it away. Yep. Oh my god, hundred yeah. percent. So I mentioned yeah. I love Halloween so much, favorite holiday. Of course, you and. Do. I was asking you this weekend when we talked, I said, what are you and your family going to be for Halloween? Because your family is so darling. And your wife and I, who have become friends, is so darling. And you, Giannis, have become quite darling yourself. You're, I said, you're kind of a basic bitch. I hate to tell you that. But I know you guys are going to be some adorable, coordinated Halloween costume, right? Yeah, I am a BB, a basic bitch. <laughs> and... You know, we're going as Monsters Inc. to match. Oh, but I want my idea was better since my baby looks my little baby girl looks so much like me. I wanted to go as twins. Danny DeVito <laughs> and Arnold Schwarzenegger. So she's like the mini Danny DeVito and I'm Schwarzenegger because we're twins. We look so much alike. Oh. I presented the idea of going as the Deckers, but my <laughs> wife wasn't into that. I was gonna dress Ouch. up as you. She she was gonna be Sam and my oh, baby okay. was was good yeah was gonna be kevin Har was gonna be kevin harlan and we were gonna we were gonna sit around and talk football and talk basketball but oh. that was a no-go but yes it's pumpkin season it's boots weather it's cozy mm-hmm. time i love it i'm a basic bitch <laughs> you are you're you're uh you're kind of a scallywag in your workspace but when you go home my friend you are a pumpkin spice latte drinking fool so i know it i know it. hell yeah i'm in my wife's sweater right now cozy <laughs> watching housewives going to the pumpkin patch i know you i see hell you. yeah hocus pocus oh don't even that's my favorite yeah okay lots to get to coming up we have not one but two great guests joining us. We're going to talk all about sports fandom with author and journalist Larry Olmsted. His book titled Fans, How Watching Sports Makes Us Happier, Healthier, and More Understanding. What a great title. Is a great read. No matter who you root for. Great. Hey, great holiday gift this holiday season, by the way. That's good for any fan. I agree with all those things. So I can't wait to pick his brain. Absolutely. <laughs> Plus, host and betting analyst Hannah Ostopchuk will join us. I go on Hannah's show every Thursday, Cheddarbets TV. Make sure you join that. She's wonderful. I can't wait to get her on my turf, though, right, Giannis? We're having her come to us. And I bet she's going to be really great. We're going to talk NBA with her. I can't wait. Big fan of her. And I just, you guys are really like have become tight. So I just can't wait for us three girls to chit chat about hoops. It's a very 2021 friendship, right? Like, I have no idea how tall she is. I don't know what she likes to order at a restaurant. But yeah, we we Zoom. Yeah. Always at the end, we'll take a look ahead this weekend's slate of games with our go-to gambling guru, Peter Andrew from BetMGM. He's kind of become a character on this show, too. He's kind of a fixture. Fic- fixture. Is. That's a hard one. Yeah, I think it's fixture, but, you know... <laughs> <laughs> who, who, am I, who am I to give anyone shit for how they pronounce things? I'm from New York. I call it coffee and water. So, water. Yeah, let me get some water. So <laughs> let's go with Fick. he's a he's a fixture on this show. Fixture. That's I can't say that word. Also, you know, when we have Peter on, that's when we reveal who lost our punishment picks from last week's games and has the embarrassing task of having to read an outro written for them by the winner. You can tell by the sound of my voice who has to do that. So last week we tied. So we split it, which was fun. That was kind of different. But this week it came down to the final game of Sunday, Colts and 49ers. So more on that later, but you can probably guess who won that one. Yeah. Uh, one person who unfortunately didn't win this weekend is our Bad Beat of the Week winner. Bad Beat of the Week. Where I guess loser. His name is Frederick Jenkins on Twitter. He is at Billy Dreams. So at Billy Dreams, make sure you hit up at MGM and get your free $100 credit. 
because you, my friend, got a bad beat. It was tough. He did a bunch of player props. I'm looking at them right now. They all hit but one. So five of six player props hit. And player props are really hard to guess because someone could get injured in a first quarter and you're out. But it was on Chuba Hubbard, the Canadian running back. Not a lot of Canadians in the NFL. He's one of them. Um, and they thought he'd score a touchdown. And he did not. Carolina Panthers at New York Giants. So I'm so sorry, my friend, Billy Dreams, but you're a hundred bucks richer. So go to BetMGM. Make sure you let them know that you won. And everyone just submit your bad beat of the week. Every weekend, we'll read the winner on the show every week. Okay, let's get to our favorite segment. It's time for us to sound off on one topic we feel passionately about this week. It's the good, the bad, Sometimes ugly, sometimes ugly tweeting by family members. Giannis, let's unleash. It's time to unleash. Olivia. Yeah. You know, as soon as that NBA 75 greatest players of all time list came out, (laughs) I got pissed. I got pissed off. I've had enough of lists. It's like this American obsession we have with listing people talking about the goats. And I really believe it's led to this free Asian culture where people want to play with their friends. They're really playing for their stats. I miss those great teams that stayed together forever and talked about team all the time, especially in the NBA. So, and also I hate how arbitrary it is. 75 because it was the 75th anniversary. Then they had the 50 greatest What's next when it's like 2050? They're going to come up with the 2050th best players to ever live. There's only one goat, and his name is Sam Decker. Okay. <laughs> and he plays in Toronto, and I don't want to hear about it. How are you going to have a 75 greatest players of all time without having my boy on there, Nikos Galis, who's the greatest Greek basketball player of all time? Even Red Arbach said his the biggest mistake he ever made was letting him go from the Celtics, and then he went to Greece and became the greatest European player to ever live. He was born in Jersey City. He was American, but he was Greek. Google it. What a legend. And what about... They well, hang, have on, hang on, hang the, on. The greatest yeah. Greek to ever play in the NBA. Uh, hello, your namesake who is playing right now. Good point, Olivia. <laughs> I forgot about him. But he's actually God Greek. He's from Greece. I know. You know, that's the reason why sometimes... I don't like having you on this show is because you're smarter than me and you're an actual journalist. So you don't let me get away with anything. No, no. Go on, go on. I like your point. Yeah, I mean, no Chris Webber. No Chris Webber on that great Sacramento yeah. team that got robbed because yeah. I believe one of those referees who ended up uh, being infamous for throwing calls, that one call where Mike Bibby got absolutely massacred on an inbounds play and they lost game six and they should have won that series against the Lakers. Chris Webber on one of the greatest teams ever, Sacramento Kings with my boy Vladi Divex and Stojankovic. I mean, you, it, we should be, it should be the 75th greatest teams. We should be teaching these kids that just hoisting up three pointers and trying to pad your stats is not the way to go. I mean, Damian Lillard is on the 75 greatest. No disrespect to Damian Lillard, but I mean, when's the last time they got out of the first round? Okay. I mean, Robert Horry should be on that list because every team he goes to, they win. Like me. I came on this show and turned it into a winner. I'm the Robert Horry of podcast, baby. It's me and OHD, and we are champions. I hate lists. It's it's demeaning, and I feel you, Clay. You're one of the you're you're one of the two greatest shooters to ever play this game. And Clay is not on the list, but Paul Pierce is. Come on. Come on, Olivia. Yeah, Clay Thompson kind of made the most noise about it. And that I thought was refreshing. You don't see a lot of guys like stick up for themselves when stuff like this comes out. And he just flat out did and stuck with it. He like kept talking about it and just saying, I thought I should have, I thought I should have made the list. And a lot of people agree with him. But you know who gave him a hard time for it were his teammates. They got him a jersey and hung it in his locker for practice that said 77 on it. Like he's the 77th greatest player of all time. So that was pretty funny. Very funny. Well done by the Warriors. Have some fun with it. I don't know. I don't like these lists either because you're sitting and you're like, oh yeah. Like I, I was thinking Damian Lillard is one of the best players of all time. Has he been on one of the best teams? No, but he's been kind of a 
one man machine with our friend of the podcast, CJ McCollum. He's been amazing too in Portland. But the second you bring up these lists, everyone starts arguing because they say, what about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? And I hate having to come up with an argument for it. So I'm just going to let this one simmer. I didn't, I didn't yeah. come up with the list and I'm glad I didn't. And I'll just say no Tony Parker, no Bernard King. Yeah. That list is officially fake news. <laughs> fake news. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well so, speaking of someone who does actually say fake news seriously a lot i don't know if you saw this on saturday i absolutely loved it mississippi state coach mike leach he is such a character look just look him up sometime and just see kind of conspiracy theories he's really into aliens he's a treasure he's a national treasure one of my favorite coaches uh so they trounce vanderbilt 45 to 6 and after the game he's giving an interview with SEC Network's Alyssa Lang. And this is what he says, which really is leading to my unleashed. Let's roll the tape. About on the broadcast, how you hate candy corn. What's your favorite Halloween? Candy corn. I mean, I completely hate candy corn. Um, (laughs) uh, When I was a kid, well, gummy bears, let's see. Uh, Gummy bears for sure. Sour or regular? The the hair bow. It's got to be the hair bow ones. Wow. Talk about hot takes. First of all, I love this line of questioning. I actually know Alyssa and I can just hear her producer in her ear be like, this was an awful game. Just talk about something fun. We've got one of the most colorful coaches and they did the whole team's like celebrating behind them for those of you who couldn't see. And, and Mike Leach is just going on and on about Halloween candy, which I absolutely love. So it just got me thinking as we are in Halloween week, let me break this down. Like who the NFL quarterback equivalent is to Halloween candy. So first of all, the goat, the best, absolutely my favorite. And also one that is a geographical thing that people say differently all the time. I say Reese's. I know a lot of people say Reese's. What do you say? I say Reese's. Reese's. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. All right. All yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. You're okay. not weird. Not weird. Okay. Not yeah. weird yet. Reese's are the Tom Brady of candy. They're timeless. They're beautiful. They're delicious. Everyone wants one, but some people are haters and allergic to greatness. And, you know, Mac Jones, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, all these kind of younger, almost goats, maybe goats. I think they're Reese's Pieces. And then candy corn, the absolute worst Halloween candy. Garbage. They're the Jimmy Garoppolo of candy, just based on this week's comments from his former teammate, Martellus Bennett. They're very pretty. I like just decorating with them, putting them in glass bowls. They look great. Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> is very pretty. Yeah. But uh, according to Martellus Bennett, a little bitch. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, my yeah, my quota of bitch this week is really high. Yeah, that's number three. That's You just did the hat trick on bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think candy corn absolutely sucks. So Coach Leach, I'm with you. Candy corn is trash. It's not even a candy. It's basically like eating wax with a bunch of sugar. And again, it's just more decorative. So how do you think? Jimmy Garoppolo of Halloween candy? Absolutely. I mean, Jimmy G, he should play without a helmet just to distract the defense because they just would stare at how beautiful his face is. He Boy, is he the is goat. A good looking man. Oh, he's handsome. He is so handsome. So if you are giving away candy corn this Halloween, just be better. Just put it away. Just have yeah. it on display. Our kids have all suffered enough this past year. They're wearing masks in school. They couldn't see their friends for a while. Give the kids a break. This is my PSA. And just give them real candy. In fact, give them king size candy. They deserve it. Okay. That was my unleash. I love that you unleashed on candy corn. I think it should be outlawed. I think candy corn should be outlawed. What is it? It's just like wax and like. What is it? They make decent vampire fangs, but other than that, they're gross. They are the black licorice of candies. Yuck. Yep. I totally agree. Glad you agree. And that was our Unleashed segment. Now it's time to get back to sports and let's bring in our first guest. He's the author of Fans, How Watching Sports Makes Us Happier, Healthier, and More Understanding. Couldn't agree more with that title. Larry Olmsted is here.
So Larry, thanks so much for joining the show. The title of your book alone is fascinating, definitely hooks you in. I'm curious what made you want to dive into the world of fandom and study really the greater psychology of it. Yeah, um, several years ago, I went to a Red Sox-Yankees game at Fenway Park at the end of the season. And I saw this couple that had two really young kids, like under 10, dressed in T-shirts that had uh, kind of homophobic obscenities aimed at the Yankees. And I looked at them and was like, you know, what's wrong with these people, these little kids, you know, and I kept thinking about it. I was like, you can't even buy those shirts at like the Red Sox gift shop. (laughs) So uh, I I thought like maybe there's something about watching sports that makes us crazy. That was my first thought. So I was like, I'll look into this. It might be an interesting topic. And as soon as I started seeing the scientific data, I saw that, you know, the exact opposite was true, that it's really good for us. And I've come to realize that there were like 39,900 other people at the game that day who I did not notice because Mm. they're normal fans. So, you know, it kind of completely changed my mind. And I was like, wow, this is great stuff. There's no rule without an exception, and Boston fans are the exception. <laughs> I know I know that as a Yankee fan, so you can't judge based on Boston fans. Yep. Yeah, I would say they're too passionate, for better or worse. They have a chip on their shoulder, and they shouldn't because they've been winning. So enough is enough, Boston. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I absolutely love uh, the book. I love the premise behind it because I always thought, like, sports is one of the purest things. It's one of those things you can talk about at dinner and argue about and uh, not lose family members and friends over like politics. Do you think sports is something that could really unify this country because we're so divided now? Do you think like we should just start talking about sports more on the news? I mean, I do think, you know, it it is, you know, I call it the universal language, but, you know, the thing about being a sports fan and a member of any team community, you know, it's it's funny because, you know, we call it nation, right? Red Sox nation, Raiders nation. But, you know, like if you're a Harry Potter fan, you've never heard of Harry Potter nation. And it's because like the the fandom group of any team is like a country. It's so diverse, right? It it spans any, any team spans, you know, gender. Uh, race, age, education, income, none of that matters. You're all like, you know, Raiders fans and you're black and silver. And I I do think that that has a huge potential for for bringing people together. And, you know, about 52% of Americans, slightly more than half in, in polls, identify themselves as sports fans. That's more than belong to any organized religion, political party. It's like the biggest thing in society. Wow. Now, as you look into fan bases, every fan base has a stereotype, right? What were your findings as you kind of dug into this team by team? Yeah, I mean, I actually, I think the difference is almost more sport by sport. Oh, you know, certainly, you know, cities like, you know, Boston, Philadelphia, the fans have certain reputations for being um, a little gung ho. Mm -hmm. And it really does. I personally, I I ran the Philadelphia Marathon years ago, and it's the same thing. Like every mile of the course, line with people chanting at strangers running by, it's like they'll come out for anything, you know? (laughs) And, 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 you know, in some ways, that's a great thing. But I find what, I, what really struck me was was college football fans, especially in the South, you know, like your Alabama fans. I mean, I did not know, like when I was in college, I could go into a bookstore and buy like an NCAA logo, you know, a hologram licensed sweatshirt. But if you go to like the Alabama bookstore, you can buy a logo coffin. And um, <laughs> that like really speaks to the dedication, I think. What are some of the examples of how it makes us happier and healthier? Um, hmm. Because, you know, I'm a Giants fan. And a long time suffering Knicks fan. So I'd really like to know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's two big things there. You know, one is psychologists have identified all these mental health benefits sports fans enjoy more than non-fans. Things like higher self-esteem, lower rates of depression, more satisfaction <laughs> with their social life. And all of that comes from the sense of community you get, like I said, of belonging to this nation And with sports, what's really unusual is like if I watch a football game, people think like I'm watching, you know, 24 guys on the field, but you're not. You're watching 60,000 people all the time on the screen in Mm. your team's logo wear, waving signs, foam fingers, whatever it is. So you feel even when you're home alone watching a game like you're part of something and then you go to the supermarket and you're you're in Vegas and you, 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 you see somebody wearing a Golden Knights hat walking down the aisle of the supermarket and uh, you're wearing, you know, Golden Knight sweatshirt. You guys look at each other and make eye contact and like, yeah, hey, we're linked. 
even though we don't know each other. Mm-hmm. So there's a big, you know, humans are tribal animals. We've always wanted to belong to groups since caveman days and uh, sports fulfills that. So that's like one, one thing that makes us happier, a sense of belonging. And then to your point about the Giants and Knicks, and thank God you didn't say Jets. <laughs> you know, one thing that was really interesting I learned is that, you know, the, the winning and the losing is not as important to our happiness as you would think being a sports fan. And like I talked to some Cubs fans, especially older Cubs fans, who are like a little bit disappointed that they finally won the World Series because it took away like part of what made it so special to be a long suffering Cubs fan. Wow. And, you know, and there is some sad, like the teams that lose a lot, their fans get a sense of pride because they're obviously not jumping on a bandwagon. Right. But also it, you get more mental benefit from winning then you get mental downside from losing because your mind has like a thermostat, right? You can only, I I look at like the Super Bowl, right? If you were um, a Tampa Bay fan, it's like a 10, right? You know, you're at home, underdog, you win first time ever, you know, teams won at home. But if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, it's not a zero, it's like a six or something, right? Because you had a great year, you won the AFC, you went, you played the game, you went to the Super Bowl. So in the long run, if your team is, it, most teams in the long run are 50-50, right? Most teams are pretty average other than the Yankees, kind of the dynasty teams. And if in your lifetime, your team is 50-50, you come out way ahead because you get more from every one of those wins than you lose from the losses. And if you are like the giant, the Knicks and you happen to win 10 years from now, that'll be with you for the rest of your life. Like I'm a Mets fan, so I can remember 1986, but I can't remember 1988 or 1982. I'll tell you who can't remember 86 is those actual Mets on the team. (laughs) Yeah, you know why. Yeah. Well, some of them are out of rehab now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm glad you remember it. (laughs) I was just thinking of this past weekend, Lions at Rams and all the people there in Matthew Stafford, Lions jerseys. And I was thinking, man, these guys have had it bad. Why don't they just take the opportunity to become a Rams fan now and cheer on a great team and their quarterback still? And but that makes sense. What you said, this kind of pride of not jumping off of long suffering. And it always seems crazy to me, but that makes sense that you found that in your research. Yeah. I mean, I remember when like the Saints fans used to wear paper bags over their heads and (laughs) but they still went to the game. You know, that's the thing, right? They still bought the tickets. They went to the game. They were making a statement, but they were happy to be there. And they they did a study of soccer fans in the UK and found that the fans were more likely to be willing to change religions than change soccer teams. No. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That says it all. That says it all. Did did you also find in your uh, in your research for the book that it uh, broke down uh, biases and hatreds? Because a lot of times you're rooting for people who are of a different ethnicity, diff- different race, sometimes even different sex. Did it open people's minds in that way? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what I was just saying about like that study in England. I mean, the psychologists say you know people internalize their fandom of the team so much that the team is like literally a part of our psyche, right? We believe the team is part of us, or we're part of mm-hmm. the team. And so, like when Jackie Robinson came in, came to the Dodgers, right? A lot of the Dodgers fans were racist. You know, it's been romanticized, but the mm-hmm. reality is a lot of them were racist, and they had to make. A sort of subconscious choice of am I going to continue to be a Dodgers fan or am I can continue to be racist? And wow. it's, it's easier in a lot of cases for them to accept the color rather than turn on their team. And so, it, you know, that's the kind of the more the the more understanding part of my title is all about that the sort of social progress we've made from being sports fans. I'm struggling with that right now because Olivia's husband Sam Decker plays for the Raptors and. I want to root for that team, but I hate Canadians. So I'm struggling (laughs) with that. He's really prejudiced. (laughs) I've never heard anyone hate Canadians before. What's to hate? Yeah, they're too nice. They have a molested glow. They're too nice. See, I'm Midwestern and we're too nice. So I think Canadians and Midwesterners are kind of one and the same. My my question for you, Larry, was what surprised you the most when you really dug into this? Because I think we all have a feel for what the experience of being a fan is like. But what really surprised you? The the big thing for me was this sort of post-traumatic healing power sports has. And, you know, I remember 9-11, right? We just had the 20th anniversary of the game. And when Mike Piazza hit the home run and I interviewed people who were at that Mets Braves game 
And the, you know, it was the first professional sporting event played in New York after 9-11, uh, 10 days later, I think. And people like people, everyone remembers where they were on 9-11. Everyone mm-hmm. I talked to at that game remembers every detail, who sang the national anthem. And people said things to me like, it was the moment when it was okay to smile again, to, to, mm-hmm. to clap again. And then the same thing happens with like the Boston Marathon bombing. People from New Orleans talk about how much the Saints helped them through, you know, after Hurricane Katrina and the Las Vegas, the one October massacre. So I, I went out there and interviewed people who had been shot and shot at, who told me one after another about how, like, without the Golden Knights, we would not have made it through. And when you people like literally tell you the Golden Knights saved them, you can no longer dismiss sports as like trivial or you know, a waste of time, which some non-fans say. So that was like my big takeaway from the book was like, this is something that's part of the fabric of our society and does, even if you don't, even if you're not a sports fan, you benefit from living in a world where there are sports fans. Wow. Yeah. I mean, when you think about even how sports were founded by my people, the Greeks, the Olympics was sort of like a way for them to take a break from fighting, from warring Mm -hmm. city states to stop fighting. And sort of compete and make war kind of civilized war. Do you think sports has the potential and may be the only thing for our hope for world peace? I actually have a chapter in a book called Sports and World Peace. So yes, um, <laughs> and, and you're totally right, right? That there was, it was a never ending cycle of war they lived in except for the Olympics. And to me, the big example uh, is, is South Africa. You know, they made that movie, um, with Matt Damon and Morgan Freeman about the rugby teams. And it's based on a really good book called Playing the Enemy. But basically, you know, when Nelson Mandela, when apartheid ended and democracy took over, everyone in the world who was following it expected bloody civil war. And Nelson Mandela basically averted that by using rugby fandom to smooth the transition of what most historians consider like the greatest peaceful government transition in human history. And a lot of it is due to sports fans. Wow. Now we got to ask because this is a sports betting show. So when it comes to betting, what are the impacts of, of, you know, when you look at fantasy sports and betting, what are the impacts of fandom? Yeah. So the interesting thing is that it's, it's, uh, and I look more at fantasy sports because it just the, the legalization of betting outside of Las Vegas is relatively new. So there's a lot right. more data on fantasy sports, but there's a, a big overlap. And the, the big thing about fantasy sports is it, it reduces that tribalism of, you know, I hate the Red Sox, I hate the Yankees because now I have their players on my team. And mm. I have a friend who's, who's been really into fantasy football basically since it started and is a huge uh, Washington football team fan. And, uh, and he told me it took him like six years before he could take a player from the Cowboys and he kept losing. Right. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's created that effect. And I, I actually taught so psychologists have already studied this. Like it makes people hate the other team less, which, you know, the rivalry is still there, but I think that's good. You know, it's a, it's producing like a more well-rounded sports fan. <laughs> that all we got to do is do like a fantasy, uh, politics game. We should start <laughs> And so, like, Democrats have to draft Republicans and Republicans have to draft Democrats. Maybe that'll work there. That's like the best <laughs> idea I've heard this week, actually. Larry, you've made me feel a lot better about my career choice, too, because sometimes, you know, if you have friends who are doctors or or out there helping the world, I'm like, man, I'm just a sports reporter. But now I know that I am making people happier, healthier and more understanding. So I really appreciate you writing a book that solidifies that. Yeah. And, and, you know, I talk to fans and there are there are doctors, they're lawyers, they're bricklayers, they're cab drivers. You know, that's the thing about sports fans is, is they are everyone. Real jobs. Yeah. <laughs> not like us. Not, not like Giannis and me. <laughs> <laughs> no, now we can. Yeah, there's a sense of yep. importance. I, I what you're doing, Olivia, is it you're doing a great service to humanity. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Larry, thank you again for joining us. Great stuff there. Everyone make sure you pick up his book called Fans, How Watching Sports Makes Us Happier, Healthier, and More Understanding. It's available now. Larry, thanks again. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Unleashed.
Now let's keep the discussion going and we are bringing in a new guest. She's the host of Cheddar Bets and the Backup Plan podcast. Hannah Stopchuk is in the building. Now, Hannah, I go on your show every Thursday. It's really fun to have you now on my show. This is on our turf. What do you think so far? I mean, so far, it's totally different than what we do yes. on our show. But I'm just so happy to have this exchange with you once again, Olivia. I talk to you every <laughs> Thursday afternoon, 4.30 p.m. That's when you can catch Shutterbats, yeah. 4.30 p.m. Eastern. But um, yeah, it's nice to be able you know, to have you ask me the questions this time around. Right. I'll ask much easier questions than I you normally it. ask me to. Yeah, we, we, get nice, we get down to business on Thursdays on Cheddar Bets. That's a lot of fun. We do. We don't have a lot of time. We like just get right into it. Yes. Yes. Now we will get to more sports storylines in a second. Mm-hmm. But did you bet on Iman Shumpert to win Dancing with the Stars? Because that looks pretty strong right now. I am so obsessed with Iman <laughs> Shumpert on Dancing with the Stars. Do you guys watch the show? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. So like opening night, he came out with this thing. I think it was, I think it was the jive. He did something to outcast. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how tall he is. He's like six, nine. I'm going to just guess, but (laughs) normally you look like so awkward. I don't know if you guys saw Lamar Odom on dancing with stars. Like wasn't good. Stiff as a board. Stiff as a board. And Iman just kills it. I'm a huge fan of his family, his wife. They have a show on E like I fangirl over him. So every week I vote for Iman Trumpert. I have no shame. It's like so embarrassing. It looks like like my phone says like Iman, Iman, Iman. It looks insane, but <laughs> got to do it. <laughs> I can't believe you guys don't watch. I just catch highlights, the highlight reel. Giannis, do you yeah. not watch? No, after he left the Knicks, I, I, I stopped catching up. I stopped. I just stopped paying attention to him. You know, <laughs> I liked him in the Kanye video. No, that was his wife. Oh, he was in it too, I guess. No, he was in it too. And he's got a body on him. He's a, he's got a hot bod. I have to go watch this. I had no idea. Uh, his wife has a hot bod. That yes. I do oh, yeah. Yes. She, they both do. They both yeah. have a hot bod. But yeah, I mean, that Dancing with the Stars just bothers me because it should be called, you know, Dancing with the G League or Dancing with the C List. I think it's more, <laughs> it's more accurate. I think someone's so a little jealous. <laughs> yeah. Would you turn it down? Yeah, I, I would turn it down for sure because I can't dance. What? Yeah. Olivia, would you turn it down? I would do it in a heartbeat, but I would do anything for the right amount in a heartbeat. (laughs) Okay, I've got a question for you because I know you're closely following the NBA and the Ben Simmons storyline is wacky. And every day it seems there's a new development. Do you Mm -hmm. think it is the best or worst story in sports right now? (laughs) I would have argued that it was the best story in Mm -hmm. sports right now (laughs) before he came out and said that he was having issues with his mental health because then I think that like it totally switches gears here because if, if that's legitimate, like if that's the case, I mean, they said that he was going under evaluation and I don't know if that's for his back or for Mm -hmm. his mental space. So like if, if that's the case, then this becomes so serious and he should take a break. Like he should be able to stop what he's doing and, get in that, you know, the mental space that he needs and then go back and hopefully play for the Sixers, you know, for as long as he needs to, and then get out of there, but get out of there on a good note and not, not whatever is happening right now with the team. I feel like everybody has his back. Like I saw Tobias Harris talking about it. And I I just feel like the team wants to support him, but we really have no idea what's going on. It it was like really fun for a minute. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I like to trash talk the Sixers. I always have. I'm a Heat fan. So, but I think that now it gets serious because mm-hmm. of his mental health issues. And we know what happened. It was Simone Biles, right? And then Naomi Osaka. Like, I feel like a lot of people have talked about mental health issues recently and they've made it known that, like, hey, this is serious. Like, this is serious mm-hmm. for everyone in the world, not even just athletes. So I think that changes things. And I think that people now need to respect him and, just kind of let him figure this out on his own pace because it could be a while. Are we sure that's what it is though? Because he's demanding a trade, right? He wants, I mean, isn't one of the things that he's saying is he just wants out of Philly. I saw that Daryl Morey was on like this radio station in Philly though, talking about it. And he said that this could go on for four years, (sighs) which is insane. Right. Can you imagine? I mean, no. I think he has, he has a four-year contract, right? So like it'd be yes. four years of this. And then he even, this is the president of 76ers, he even compared it to Goodwill Hunting, which like, <laughs> I don't know where that, I don't know where that fits 
I don't, I don't know yeah. what he's talking about. <laughs> I I'm really don't think but, of um, plot now. I don't think it's maybe. Yeah. yeah, it could mean that maybe he met a nice young lady in the off season, and she lives <laughs> in Kalamazoo, and he wants to trade <laughs> to some team in Kalamazoo because he wants to go see about a girl. That's what it could yeah, be. right. How do you like he the apples? See, That's all I know. He, yeah, he wants to go see about a girl. <laughs> Since you're a Heat fan, let me ask you this question: Tyler yeah. Hero mm-hmm. has said that he, you know, he's very boisterous. He said he belongs in the conversation with Luca and Trey Young. Take your bias out of it as a Miami girl. You're from, you I like can't. Miami. And just, <laughs> is he as good as those guys from his class? He can be. Mm-hmm. I don't think he is. I don't think he is right now, but he can be. And I think he was for a minute. I think he was. I mean, I'm a Jack Harlow fan as well. I yeah. think Jack Harlow would agree with me. <laughs> but I think that I think that he can be. What do you guys think? Well, that is like the coolest best friend group also, by the way. I totally am with you. I actually know Tyler Hero pretty well. He's from Wisconsin mm-hmm. and he's come up to our house in Sheboygan to come shoot hoops Amazing. once and uh, with my husband. And he didn't know what... Did you like, also shoot hoops with him? Did I? No. But I watched, um, and, and this is before he was drafted, and he didn't know what Lake Lake Michigan was, and he grew up on Lake Michigan, so I had a little problem wow. with that. That's I, I, so I can't shake that story out of my head for all the marbles. Let's just say he was like really focused, <laughs> maybe <laughs> that's really not on the geography. On but yeah, no, I yeah. think when we saw him in the bubble, right? That's the Tyler Hero that we're thinking of. But mm-hmm. last season right. definitely fell off. He's a new father. He has a lot of exciting things mm-hmm. going on in his life. But I think you would agree hannah miami is a pretty distracting town right and he's a young guy who likes all the flash so i don't know if that's the best location for him to be in i used to cover the heat i used to work with them when i was working for uh, a network down south and i used to go out and i would see the guys out all the time i mean like (laughs) they definitely like if they say they're not out it's a lie yeah (laughs) total lie they're out every single night so that's so bad. I shouldn't say that. That's probably not <laughs> no. true. It's probably not totally true. But you know what I'm saying. I agree yes. with what you're saying, Olivia. <laughs> and I'm only coming at it from a place of jealousy because my husband plays in Toronto. So I'm just <laughs> jealous. It's really where this is coming from. You know, looking yeah. at the Lakers, after just two games, they've already showed signs that they may have worse chemistry than Jay Cutler mm-hmm. and Kristen Cavallari, for an example. <laughs> but you just look at them and I know it's early. I know it's early. But can Russ, AD, Mello, LeBron, and Dwight work in LA if they're not, you know, putting their fingers in each other's faces on the bench? I have no idea what to think about this Lakers team. I really think they look, they look a bit like a mess. I I couldn't believe that the Grizzlies were almost three and oh, and then the Lakers won against them. And I thought, by the way, the craziest thing about that game was that Zaire Williams, who is, who plays for Memphis was one of Bronny's Bronny James, former teammates. Crazy. So LeBron James was playing against like a regular season NBA game against one of his son's former high school teammates. So I think the I think that shows like how much the game is changing and how different everyone is that like these old vets really got to get used to it. And mm-hmm. I think they have to switch it up a bit. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I think that little skirmish on the sidelines that we saw mm-hmm. between AD and uh, Dwight Howard shows that They may not make a great team, but they would make a great real world episode. If we can film those guys, if you put those guys on a team and we just roll cameras, I think we're going to see a lot of drama. I don't see it working. It's crazy how the Lakers, like everyone goes to those games, regardless of how well they're doing to see and be seen. It it reminds me of the Knicks. Like the Knicks can be like, you know, the whole team's on fire and still you have like the best celebrities in the front row watching, going to watch them. I just, right. I'm like, what, where is it? What's everyone doing? There's nothing else going on tonight. <laughs> well, yeah. sticking with the Knicks, it, it's again, mm-hmm. very early, but here we are trying to diagnose who's yeah. good, who's not. Is mm-hmm. it possible that the Knicks end up with a better record than the Nets? I mean, I, I'd be shocked. Yeah. I'd be shocked. And just at the state of like New York teams in general, I'd be shocked. I don't think it's been going well for them. No. I don't think... I don't think it's going well for them. I mean, besides, besides, you know, the Yankees had a minute, but like, I think New York teams have a couple years of 
I don't know. Is that terrible to say? I mean, I'm talking about them as a whole, like they all need to change at the same time, yeah. but really it's, it has become like a problem. <laughs> yeah. This is not the year New York and, and Giannis yeah. is a big New York fan. Uh, what your teams are giants and Knicks, not nets, right? Yeah. I'm more of a Knicks yeah. fan. And I think the Knicks oh, okay. might have a chance. They just don't have the distractions the nets have right Oof. now. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think there's just a bunch of like anti vax mandate protesters yeah. trying to break into the garden so that's a good right. thing for the knicks right now yeah it's never a good thing when your season is kind of hinging on a mayoral race because that is going to drastically affect what they're able to do with the vaccine with Kyrie. but that's not i think for another month but that whole storyline is crazy that that can really mm-hmm. affect this team oh yeah oh yeah drama Absolutely. and the knicks had that huge win over the magic. And then I think they got so cocky that when they played them again, they like forgot that they needed to still bring it. And, um, it was just embarrassing that, I mean, the magic are like in a rebuilding phase. So Mm -hmm. I think to lose to them just kind of changes the tone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll say it now. Knicks are going to make the playoffs and there is a good chance they have a better record than the nets because I think there's just too much drama in Brooklyn. I think they can rise above the drama. I'm mm-hmm. ready to see them. I'm I'm ready to see them be like the team of New York, honestly. I kind of agree. Too many accomplished, tested veteran players on that team to let this get away from mm-hmm. them, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I don't want to belabor the point, but when has a team with so many egos really worked out? You know, it, like <laughs> uh, Miami. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Repeat. Great point. <laughs> Good point. I guess the Celtics, too, with the big three. OK, I made a bad point. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah. I mean, that's really the only time I can't think of any other time. And and okay. they always last for the shortest amount of time. I will say that. That's true. <laughs> OK, I'll just I'll take a mellow. I'll take a mellow jab, though. What when has a team with Carmelo on it ever worked out? So the Lakers are doomed. Great point. I went yeah. to Syracuse. And so I used to oh. be like a huge mellow fan for that reason only. And then I realized that like, it was actually embarrassing to rep mellow as <laughs> intensely as I was. <laughs> so um, that's when I was just like, you know what, I'm going to settle in on being a heat fan and I'm going to stay away that this is when he was with the Knicks. So, right. um, but yeah, he's, he's really gone through it. Like he's a vet through and through. And I mean, he actually didn't play too bad this past weekend. Mm-hmm. He was like really holding it down for the team. But I I think those games are hot, very hot and cold when it comes to him. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Well, Hannah, that's all the time we have. Thank you so much for joining us, talking a little hoops. It's early, but it's so fun to dig our claws into the NBA. So we really appreciate it. Absolutely. And I'm sure I'll talk to you later this week on Cheddar Bets. <laughs> yes, we will. Everyone, make sure you check out Cheddar Bets. Hannah and I really get into it and we stop messing around like we do on our show. And you can follow <laughs> Hannah on Twitter at Hannah Astopchuk. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Bye, Hannah. Bye, guys. Two amazing interviews with two amazing people, both writers, both journalists, both beautiful, but not as beautiful as our own bet MGM betting expert, Pandelis Panos Panayotis, however you want to say it in Greek, Peter Andrew. How you doing, my friend? Thank you for that. That was nice. Yeah. Good to see you. Let's hop right into a little NBA because we touched upon it with Hannah and uh, the season is off and running. We have two unexpected, exciting, good teams who are undefeated. Talk to me about the Chicago Bulls and your squad down there with Michael Jordan, the Charlotte Hornets. I think it's just three words. Big ball brand, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Lonzo in Chicago, Lamelo, and maybe Leangelo at some point in Charlotte. I think Lamelo first. I know I'm a little bit, a little bit of a homer here as a Hornets fan, but they look really good and they gel when he plays well. And, and first couple of games, he's looked really good. I mean, puts points up at will. He's an underrated shooter, but but obviously his passing is unbelievable. He had one yesterday. Gordon Hayward, no look in the corner. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Both of them look really good, and you're starting to see some of those Bulls moves. You know, they're starting to make a ton of sense. Where you don't just need a superstar or two superstars or three superstars when you have a team that can gel. They can win games. And I think 
you look at the Bucks last year as that example, where there's just a lot of players that do, you know, do their job, know their role. You obviously need that big guy like a Yanis or like a Lamelo or whoever, but they look great. And there's some really good value. Just, you know, I'm not going to say they're going to win the title because that's a bit of a long shot, but the Hornets to win their division plus 1200 Bulls to win theirs plus a thousand. It's not a bad bet. And if they go on a bit of a streak, that number is going to drop a bit. You're going to see it at six, seven, 800. So a good time to take it now. And, and then conversely to that, you have a couple teams that maybe have started a bit slow. Lakers is an example. Maybe you see their price just uh, jump up a little bit and maybe it's a good opportunity to get them. So it's, it, it really is. It's a crazy start to the season. It's only been a couple of games, but, but super exciting for some of these kind of up and coming teams. Yeah. I was going to ask you that when we're recording these teams that we're talking about are three and O and you mentioned their value is still pretty good. I mean, how much has it jumped since preseason for, to win their division? Yeah, it's been a little, uh, I would say it's nothing more than maybe, you know, plus a hundred give or take. So it, it, it isn't crazy, but it's okay. the point of getting it now before they go, you know, Hornets as an example, win against Celtics tonight, a pretty decent team, rattle off a couple more. You'll start to see that mm-hmm. unfold. But like you said, it's, you know, it is just the beginning of the season. So a lot of basketball to be played. I just want to make this quick point because I unleashed on the 75 list. I just remembered the Detroit Pistons who won a championship. Not one of those players was on the 75 all-time list. And I love your points about great teams and everyone doing their role. So I just wanted to take another jab at that 75 list. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I mean, those teams, they had some pretty good players. They weren't superstars, but Ben, Rashid, Rip, right? All those guys, they played their part and they were dogs in the paint. Absolutely. And my point was like, let's stop uh, extolling only individual players and talk about some of the greatest teams of all time. And you know what? That Detroit Pistons team, defense, baby. Ben Wallace, baby. I'm with you 100%. Let's get back to the NFL, too. I'm looking right now at futures odds and Kyler Murray with the Cardinals still leads the pack at plus 350. And they take on my Green Bay Packers on Thursday night in what should be one of the best games, not only of the weekend, but I think in this first half of the season, I think that's a good place to start. Packers are on the road and they are three and a half point dog. Let's kind of break this one down and look at it because you know that's my team, but I'm having a hard time going against the Cardinals here. Punishment picks. Yeah, I, I think the Cardinals, what, what scares me uh, is how how many you know weapons they do have. They've got a couple running backs. They got James Conner. They got yeah. uh, Chase Edmonds. They have a couple of receivers other than DeAndre Hopkins that can catch the ball. AJ Green. And then you're seeing this emergence of Christian Kirk too. And, and that's not even going into, they just acquired Zach Ertz just a week ago. That's six pretty good weapons. And then you talk about Kyler, what he can do with his feet. Yeah. You know, there was probably a bit of concern early in the season that, you know, this is Kyler's make or break year. This is the coaching staff's make or break year. They are a really, really good team. Their defense is showing out. I know in fantasy football right now, they're the number one defense. So they're making turnovers when they need to. They are a really, really tough team, especially when you go into Arizona, uh, into Glendale. So this is an interesting one. Be uh, be interested to see what you take, Olivia, here, whether you go with your head or your heart. Well, Giannis, you go first. Who are you picking in this one? Okay, well, you know... I- I guess I'm the only one loyal to because you apparently, <laughs> Olivia, you apparently have two teams and it's convenient whenever you want to mention one. Right? You're, yeah, you're a Kansas City Chief fan when you want to talk about them. Yeah. And then you always call Green Bay your team because you grew up watching Green Bay. So I don't trust your father that I can throw you. Okay. <laughs> I'll just say that right now because I'll take the Green Bay Packers. I'll be the loyal one here. Okay. I, I love what we're looking. I love the way they're looking. I love how the goat is looking. I love his, his options. Devontae Adams, Randall. Uh, I love it. I'm going with Green Bay, baby. I am too. So just back up okay. your hate truck because I am also taking it. Because if the Packers were to win and I took the Cardinals, I wouldn't forgive myself. And I agree. I guess I just have a bad taste in my mouth still from week one and from the off season. And a part of me feels like this great season they're putting together could crash and burn at any time. But yeah. I'm I'm sticking with my team. I'm sticking with my guys. And by the way, I'm not the only person to have two fans. You just heard Larry Olmstead say that it makes us happier and healthier. So I am happy and healthy with my two teams, Giannis. That's a good point. And it's good to know that you still have a little bit of a heart left. <laughs> yeah, just a little. There's two trains of thought here. You can go and not forgive yourself if you pick the Cardinals. Or you can do the emotional hedge. You pick the Cardinals and then yeah. either way you win, right? So then if the, if the Packers won, it's like, well, my team won. But if the Cardinals won... Giannis is probably 
got a speech lined up for next week. <laughs> exactly. Uh, nice try, Peter. I don't think so. I don't think that works. <laughs> That's just the betting emotional hedge for me, but, but I, get I yes. do get it. Okay, what's the next game? Next game, interesting one. Uh, Browns pretty shaken up. So Browns minus three and a half uh, against the Steelers team that uh, I think is underwhelmed most people as well. What do you guys like there? Uh, you want me to go first, Olivia, or you want to go first? Um, I'll go quick and short. Browns for okay. me. Uh, I'm going to go with... Because... No, oh, sorry. no, I want to hear a reason. Baker's supposed to be back this weekend. Not that Case Keenum was bad, but I, I just think when you have your starting quarterback, everything is a little bit more in sync. So I'm, I'm going to go with Baker. Okay, I'm going with the Steelers. There we go. We got a disagreement there. I, I think they look a little revitalized. I think they may go on a little run before they fall apart. So they're going to win this game. All right, last one. Probably the most impressive performance of, of this weekend, this past weekend. Uh, Tennessee Titans and their all-pro quarterback, <laughs> not Ryan Tannehill. It's uh, Derrick Henry. Yeah. Uh, so Derrick Henry and Titans <laughs> yeah. minus one against another strong performance, the Colts plus one. So Colts at home, basically a pick them. What do you guys like here? Well, I'm really surprised that line is only at one. That seems very surprising after how great the Titans beat up on the Chiefs this last weekend. I cannot believe Indy is... Uh, projected when I'm just looking at matchup predictor, Indy's 53% supposed to win. So they're the uh, one point underdog. I'm going with Tennessee here. They looked unstoppable last weekend. I like what I saw. I like what I saw in the late game on Sunday. I really like what I saw on the defensive end. I'm going with the Colts. Indianapolis, I stand with you. This is an interesting one to see how this shakes out throughout the week because I don't think that line's going to stay at, at one. Right. I could see Tennessee, especially we have a loyal Tennessee fan base. I can see that, you know, going up to two and a half, three points. So it'd be really interesting. But I think that's one of the games of the week, along with the uh, Packers cards. Okay, well, now let's get to it. The winner of our punishment picks. It came down to Sunday night, like we just mentioned in the Colts 49ers game. What a nail biter. And that was what did me in. I can't believe it. That I took 49ers. Jimmy G was back, even though I called him a candy corn bitch earlier. <laughs> Jimmy G was back, that beautiful son of a gun. And they lost it. Giannis had the cold. So Giannis, congratulations. Thank you. I love hearing you say that every time. Okay, so I got to read it. Read it, baby. First time my eyes are seeing these nasty words lined up together that your sick brain came up with. Let's see what I got. Read it like you mean it, Olivia. Like you mean it. Like you wrote it. Okay? Like you wrote it. Jeez, I get nervous every time. I got to start winning this damn game. Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone. Ah, now everything seems right again. Yanni the Great is back on top. Anyway, I want all my fans to know that whatever the fake news says in the next couple days, I was not in Washington, D.C. the night of storming the Capitol. Giannis! Jeez. Hey, there's rumors. Also, to all the girls I made cry in grade school and high school, that's not true, because I was most deaf a mean girl cheerleader, I want to say, ha ha, I'm still beating you witches. I'm on a show with the best comedian in the world. Happy Halloween, bitches. How many bitches have You're I seen? You're up to four. Show? My mom, I really... <laughs> I'm off to watch some Hocus Pocus, drink some pumpkin spice lattes, and put on one of Sam's sweaters and fuzzy socks because it's boots weather and I'm a basic bitch. Okay, two shakes. I've been calling you that all show. Yeah, that's number five. That's your starting five. <laughs> five bitches from <laughs> OHD, mom. <laughs> Oh, that is our show. Make sure everyone tunes in, subscribe, leave a review every week. We have too much fun doing the show. We hope you have a lot of fun listening. See you guys next week. Peace out. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.